Hello, my darlings, and you are listening to Healing in Doses, a place for insight and inspiration to take along your healing journey. My name is Siobhan, and we are back for another episode of Sky Magic. I know, I know, it's been a while, but that's life, my dears, under seven retrogrades. I'm human, just like you. We got delays, we got disruptions, we got almighty chaos. If we are living parallel lives, so if you, if any of those words and phrases resonated with you, I know you feel me. But alas, the tables have turned and we are merging into a new age. With each retrograde release, we gain a new level of mobility and that means me as well. This week is one of those weeks. Not a crazy earth-shattering takedown like the preceding weeks have been or this summer has been, but um, a different kind of week. September 3rd through the 9th is a week that will see much more velocity. Um, I kind of like to compare it to, or compare this summer to this point as holding on to a, to a rubber band really, really tight and like stretching it all the way, like so, 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 so far back. And you've been grasping it for like forever. And then with each retrograde, it's like you release it. And there's a snap and with that snap there's a change and there's a movement and there's a forward forward push and that is uh kind of the theme around this week if you feel like you've been sitting on the edge of your seat kind of waiting for shit to happen or <laughs> to stop happening rather you are in good good company and with uh, the pace of what's been happening up until this point, and we'll talk a little bit about that later, uh, we should all feel at least a little bit of the unwinding and the unveiling of things that have been quite elusive to us over the summer. Healing is hard. <laughs> Healing work is very, very difficult. And this year in particular, uh, although we are only in September, we're not done yet, um, and this past summer, it's pretty much hell-bent on ensuring that we at least begun the work of self-realization in order to self-actualize who we wanted to be and what we wanted our lives to look like, right? So it's not just back to school or back to work. It is kind of getting back into the swing of things and in a really, really big way. So what's happening, right? As an overview, we got Mercury heading into Virgo, which is dope because Mercury has spent one hell of a time in Leo, uh, retrograding, uh, which did a lot, right? Um, we had a lot of big talkers. We had a lot of, you know, all bark, no bite. We had a lot of over-promising and under-delivering. Um, sorry, Leos, that tends to happen uh, in normal times with Leos and Leo energy in particular. And it definitely was a potent attribute of the retrograde. You know, people were probably speaking with really good intentions or thinking or doing with very good intentions, but no follow through, right? And that is something that can happen in the time of Mercury being in Leo and retrograding at the same time, right? Kind of brings up that shadow side. And we saw a lot of that in the summer as well. We have Venus this week entering Scorpio, and that has all sorts of implications for not just September, but equally what Venus will be doing in October um, and into November. And we'll talk more about that too. Then we have Saturn going direct, right? So that will leave us um, by, the, by the end of this week, by the ninth, that'll leave us with four planets in retrograde. Remember, we've had upmost into seven, 
uh, celestial bodies in retrograde, right? And in September, we'll actually have two planets moving out of retrograde and going direct. The first one happening this week with Saturn uh, going direct in the sign of Capricorn. How delightful! Then we have a new moon in Virgo as well, right? And of course, the sun is in Virgo. So um, this week is heavy Virgo energy, heavy Capricorn energy, right? We got Mars who already went direct in Capricorn. We'll talk about that. Then we got Saturn. Um, then we have a lot of Virgo happening and, you know, some sexy Scorpio, you know what I mean? Some sexy old Scorpio just to, just to passion up the things. And if you know anything about astrology, even if it's a little bit, uh, you may recognize that Capricorn and Virgo, those are earth signs. And it's all about what's tangible. It's all about what one can feel. It's all about what one can feel and see and do. So think about all of the retrogrades that we've been having and everything being kind of so subversive and elusive and, and, and deep. And we've had to deal with energy and feelings and thoughts that we didn't see or couldn't see. And everything just looked all muddy and shit, but you felt it now. We're dealing with signs and the energy around signs that are particularly focused on truth, clarity, and facts. So think about what that means in terms of not simply thinking and feeling the things, but now being able to do something about it, right? The implications of that are huge. And that brings us to, you know, what does it all mean? This particular week, if I had to slap some themes on it, we're talking greater focus, practicality, greater fairness, generosity, deeper connections, and of course, something that we all like, hopefully, uh, even if you don't like change, something that we all still like, drum roll please, 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 new beginnings, right? So that is, if I again, if I had to put, um, if I really had to put a a theme on all of it. We are now putting the pedal to the metal, putting some traction and some footwork down for bringing to life and changing the format of everything that we uncovered, everything that we did, that we really kind of uh, dived into during this deep, during this phase of kind of forced deep work and forced inner. Uh, deconstruction and, and inner investigation about who we are and what we want in this lifetime. So before we get into the swing of things, let's do a quick recap, my friends. In recent weeks, we've cycled through a series of eclipses that kicked our ass. We closed that loop uh, at the full moon in Pisces on August 26th. The very next day, Mars, the planet of action and sexuality and all that good stuff, it went direct in the sign of Capricorn on the 27th. These two adjacent events provided the initial push we needed for a really long time. What arose from this dynamic, which many of you may be feeling right now, was a release of stagnation, an unmitigated sense of honesty, even a dire need, an urgency to really redo all the things and bring forth a new reality for yourself. 
Mars, again, is the planet of action and sexuality. So with it moving direct, we have the available potency and energy uh, to serve as the catalyst uh, for getting out of our own way. The series of eclipses, on the other hand, did have its own agenda, but it's not a too distant agenda. Uh, for many, it was the unveiling of the needs. What do you need? What has your life been lacking, right? So now it was about resources and the state of your resources, particularly the state of the people, places, and things that uh, amplified, supported, or highlighted those resources as well. It prompted us to really take a precise look uh, at the people in our world, at our external environment. It was that Leo Aquarius axis that we were toggling with in that eclipse portal. And in a nutshell, it was the battle between how best we serve others versus how best we serve ourselves. Particularly in our relationships, that includes the romantic partnerships we engage in, the friendships we may or may not have outgrown, the participation, uh, our participation, quite frankly, in our own happiness or equally our own demise. Those were just a few themes that were fueled by the flux of eclipse energy. And if I had to put my finger on it or bet money on it, it's probably something that you were dealing with from, I wanna say, late June, into pretty much all of August for the most part, right? The dynamic again of how best we serve others versus how best we serve ourselves. With Mars going direct, whatever you learned about that time, you now have the energy to make some moves on it. Mars is the planet that rules the stuff that gets you up in the morning, the stuff that invigorates you, the stuff that makes you feel alive, your inspiration, your motivation. It's not just about uh, going to work. It's about what makes work matter to you. Mars uh, typically is the seed of someone's purpose and the driving force behind who they are. How do they realize their God-given talents or universally given talents? Well, Mars will help you do that. And that's what Mars kind of serves in your birth chart, what motivates you to act, to move, to do, and to get the hell up out of the bed in the morning. With Mars in retrograde, there was a there was a, a boundary, a bit of a hindrance, a bit of a, 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 a stall in that area. So many of us, and what I heard kind of through the interwebs and, and with clients was a lack of motivation, a lack of uh, inspiration, a lack of drive. And whether or not you had Mars in this particular alignment in your birth chart, there was still this energy of, of like a failure to launch. Mars direct, again, back to that whole rubber band situation. It's like we let go of that rubber band and bam, we are on the move. And it was the first kind of push that is going to really set us up for the, for the next couple of pushes and the next couple of releases that allow us to... Uh, make good on whatever promises and intentions we set for ourselves during that eclipse time. It is an energetic spotlight where we kind of take the gloves off and, you know, we're no longer uh, playing these baby games. We are here, we are taking charge, 
and we are making the moves we need to make in order to get shit done and make our dreams possible. Now we can only go up from here, am I right? So helping to continue the movement and the shift and the forward, forward march and the progression of release is going to happen this week, right? Again, not an earth shattering week, a a kind of a lifting the weight off the shoulder kind of week, right? So that really kicks off on Wednesday, September 5th, when Mercury enters into Virgo. Mercury is the co-ruler of Gemini and Virgo, right? So if you are a Virgo, you may have some Gemini friends. You may find yourself kind of attached to them and their humor and their wittiness and how they analyze the world. Uh, and that is not particularly um, by accident. You, have, you share a co-ruler and Mercury is it when mercury is at home uh, in one of the two uh, home signs so whether mercury is in gemini or mercury is in virgo as it is uh, for the next three weeks the focus with this particular placement is going to be on again that precision but precision in regards to thought speak process right how we do what we do and how we take care of the people we take care of. There's going to be a focus on accuracy, and that is woven into this whole kind of evolutionary process of the retrogrades. The universe has been forcing all of us to dig deep behind our bullshit, deal with some stuff in the dark, and kind of be a little reclusive with it as well, right? Much of the the summertime stuff had less to do about the people around us and more to do about ourselves, setting the stage for now what will become the changing and shifting of our outer reality to reflect the new inner reality. So if you've done the work or if you're in the process of that healing work and you've been using this energy to really kind of get through your own trauma, your own past bullshit, your own heartbreak, your own loss, your own grief, your own uh, morning time, your, your, your own feeling of inadequacy and your lack of self-esteem or confidence. If you've been using the retrograde energy to figure out how those things even happen to you and how you got there and you've been doing the work to clean it up, again, that's all you. Now we are moving into a shift of the outer world manifest or the inner world manifesting the outer world. And the first step in that is to change how we think and speak of the world, right? So the idea of accuracy, the idea of uh, putting perspective to our emotions. Uh, Fun fact is that Virgo and Pisces, uh, those two signs are opposite of each other. Notice that I didn't use the term opposition. Those two signs are not in a fight they actually feel feelings almost to the same degree. The only difference is how they execute and articulate those feelings. Pisceans will do it with a more kind of heart-centered, soul-driven intensity. Virgos are going to take that intensity and transmute it into accuracy, facts, and understanding, right? So what a Piscean would want to unearth in one's soul a Virgo is going to want to unearth in one's mind. But the feeling and the intensity of those feelings are ultimately the same. And the depth of understanding around feelings is ultimately the same. And that is how opposite signs work. Not in opposition to each other, the same energy manifested in two, pretty much two different sides or two sides of the same coin. So when it comes to 
the same kind of emotional aspects like family and partnership and romance. The Virgo energy is one that deals with it from a sense of practicality, from a sense of uh, like a like a like a tactician, um, like a grand strategist. I call them the greatest. The Virgos are the greatest detectives of the of the zodiac. They focus on the facts. They focus on the alignment of the storyline. What's the narrative in order to dig deep into the root cause and to solve the problem? And when Mercury is in Virgo, that tends to be the way we process the day to day events, how we engage with other people and have discussions discussions. We are focused uh, on the details and the details come natural and easy to us. Even if you are a heart-driven, soul-driven kind of person, you'll get a bit of that influence as well. What is important during Mercury in Virgo, right? Anytime a, a planet is in its home sign, there is a likelihood of indulgence, right? Think about when you come into your home and you are taking off all your clothes and you're laying up on the couch and you don't even want to move. You don't want to even do anything. You just want to be and you just want to kind of melt into the space. Think about that and take that and apply it to a planet being in its home sign. It wants to melt and just do. There's no friction there. Everything is easy. With that comes the tendency for laziness or defaulting to behaviors that are not so nice. So be mindful of the Mercury influence on Virgo when it comes to maybe being a bit too blunt, right? Being a bit too blunt, focusing uh, so much on the facts that you devoid a situation of its context or of its emotional intelligence. Understand that although you may be looking at it logically, someone else is looking at it from uh, the brain that, that resides in the heart and thinking about how there is logic to emotions as well and being open to seeing and hearing and thinking about what that means for the other person, not just uh, from yourself. Guard against being uh, too dry or too critical and judgmental, which is a, a shadow side of Virgo energy. The idea that you are only as good as your perfections make you. And if you happen to be imperfect, well, you're just not as good. You want to guard against that sort of mindset because um, that, again, takes away from the depth to someone else or the depth to a situation that would help you solve the problem quicker. So as... um, I, I with this Virgo kind of Piscean dynamic, I always uh, advise Virgos to take a little bit of that Pisces energy and just have it in their back pocket whenever they get confused. If something just doesn't seem right, pull out the emotions of it and see if that gives you the clarity you need to really solve the puzzle. And that should help, right? This is going to be our energy and our communication energy for about three weeks. Later on in September, Mercury will move into Libra and we'll talk about that energy and what that means for us as well. But for right now, clear, precise, accurate, thoughtful communication, communication that's built on facilitating change, creating new realities and building. That is the time that we are entering in with good old Mercury in Virgo. Now, as we continue to communicate clearly, communicate with accuracy, think in facts, think in terms of resourcefulness, 
in terms of practicality, in terms of what nurtures our soul and what doesn't and making those precise decisions, right? That is going to be some, uh, some great potent energy to facilitate what happens the next day. So if we're talking about Wednesday, September the 5th for Mercury in Virgo, Thursday, September the 6th, we have Saturn moving direct in the sign of Capricorn. Saturn is also sitting in its home sign. So again, we have the potency around the Saturn uh, planet and it's amplified. It's it's like, again, it's sitting in the place where it's most comfortable. So when you when we as people are comfortable, we are our best selves. When we feel like we're in a space where we can be our most authentic self, that is how the planet feels. There's also the shadow side of that to where we can become way too indulgent, way too lazy, or way too impulsive and bold as if we don't care about anybody else in this space. That's equally what can happen to a planet in its home sign. So the shadow shadow side of Saturn and Capricorn is rigidity, right? Someone who uh, looks at the life, looks at life black and white. Again, steers clear from gray areas or muddy waters and thinks in terms of fulfillment, in terms of future goals, not really concerned about present frivolous emotions, but more concerned on the work and getting things accomplished. This is the dopest energy to have after a summer of deep self-work, and now it's time to, to, to slice and dice areas of our lives that need to be sliced and diced to facilitate greater depth and, and a stronger foundation. And that is definitely a part of the Capricorn energy. We're in the building phase. So the plans that we've been sitting on, the discipline that we've needed, and the boost that comes from really focusing on something and, and working hard and being dedicated to it, that is something that is air apparent with this placement. And it comes with this direct position in particular. Even though Saturn is what they consider a distant planet, they, as in the astrologers of the world, including myself, the, it's a distant planet. So we don't feel that energy or really see that energy manifest as an everyday occurrence. We see it as an overall theme and an overall anchor for those everyday occurrences that are happening with other planets. So although the distant planets are out there in the in the astro you know, universe and out there far, far, far away, they are still connected and tethered to their neighboring planets in the sky and that energy is there as well. So you will, if you haven't already, you will feel that Saturn and Capricorn energy in like large doses and pivotal moments in your life as opposed to something that's every day kind of pissing you off or every day that is helping you move forward is going to come, that energy is going to come in at really pivotal times. So don't discount it because it is something that, you know, Saturn is the dad planet. <laughs> it's the planet that is uh, most closely associated with the emperor card in tarot. It is closely associated with the father figure, the grandfather figure that is giving you that tough love, giving you that much needed medicine that doesn't taste really good, but it'll help you and heal you. That's what Saturn does. A Saturn return, as you may, may have recalled or experienced recently, is a, a time in your life that's marked from uh, an astrological perspective, when Saturn returns back to the place it was at the time you were born, you know, that's on a kind of a cosmic level as an energetic movement. It serves as a pivotal point in your life where you 
really transition from one version of yourself to another. That Saturn return is, is the marker of you are no longer who you were 29 years before this moment. So it isn't an, a, an energy to discount. It is an energy that hits at very strategic and pivotal moments across your lifetime. And if it's going direct and if it's in its home planet, that movement and that energy flows more free more freely. So definitely don't discount that. It is going to anchor with this Virgo energy. We also have Mars in the sign of Capricorn. So we have the planet of action, the planet of discipline and hard work, and the planet of communication all in earth signs, two of them, (laughs) Mars and and Saturn, hard work and action sitting in Capricorn. If you know a Capricorn, give them a couple high fives because they're about to get a lot of shit done (laughs) and they are about to be light years ahead on the career ladder because this is when the focus is on less trivial, fly-by-night, superficial things. And now it's getting deep into what sort of strategic moves can I make in my life to get more money, to get more prestige, to build a solid foundation for my family? Am I around the right people to do so? If not, who the hell do I need to meet in order to make that happen? Now we have planets direct that will facilitate those types of changes and and answer those types of questions. So if you felt stagnant around your career, I wouldn't be surprised if a job offer comes out of nowhere or someone to takes a hit on that resume on LinkedIn. If you've been struggling with moving and wanting to move from one city to another and struggling around whether or not that's the right move, I wouldn't be surprised within the next week or so you get the light bulb critical piece of information you need in order to say yes or to say no. These are the kinds of things that that Saturn is concerned with. Life, foundation, not the frivolous, superficial, mundane Saturn is concerned with do the work, make it happen, not just for you, but for those around you. And Mars is already there waiting to push the button, push the magic red button to send you on your way. So it's a, it's a great time for structurally home life, career, uh, business endeavors that have been kind of sitting and waiting now having the type of of energy and movement to really, really push itself forward. Hopefully that all sounds really sexy to you because we got some other sexy stuff. So we got the fifth and the sixth critical moments in astral life. And then we couple days move on and we get to the ninth. Now, if you are a student of numerology, you already know the significance of the number nine. We're in the ninth month. The two events that I'm going to be discussing happen on the ninth day of the ninth month. How cute is that? If you are someone who is experiencing a ninth year, this is a nine year for you, pay very close, very, very close attention to the ninth day of the ninth month in your ninth year. What does the number nine mean? It symbolizes endings and new beginnings, deaths and rebirth, doors closing, so that other doors can open. One portal locks, another portal opens. That is the symbolism, right? Like um, nine months to, to cook up a baby in the belly, same kind of concept. 
the idea that one cycle must end in order for another cycle to begin. If you are experiencing a ninth year or even a ninth month, for those of you who have a ninth month and a ninth year, pay attention to the ninth day of the ninth month, right? For those of you that don't study uh, numerology, you're like, what the hell is going on? Ultimately, the number nine is one uh, where if it sits anywhere um, around you, if you're, if you're, doing a tarot card reading for yourself and you're getting a lot of nine cards. If you have run the numbers for numerology and uh, the, the mathematics is coming up to nine, that number is the number of endings, but it is equally the number of new beginnings, particularly the number of um, really transition, quite frankly, because a, there are many people who experience quite a few more endings in a nine year, then they do new beginnings, but all of the new beginnings or most of the new beginnings can be attributed to the endings that occurred in a ninth year cycle. So we have an interesting kind of plot twist from a cosmic perspective happening on the 9th of September. We have kind of two distinct, but, but yet very, very um, symbolic kind of energetic shifts, right? The first one that we have will be Venus, the planet of love and money and indulgence moving into Scorpio. That piece alone <laughs> is a very important, uh, it's a very important transit given what Venus will be doing in the fall, which I'll give you guys a preview uh, in, a, in later on in this segment, but I'll give you guys a preview of what Venus is going to be doing later on in the fall. And it, a lot of that prep work for what she's going to be doing in the fall kind of starts here. And it starts with Venus sitting in Scorpio. Scorpio is intense. It's passionate. It's sexy. It is a sign that's about depth. It is a sign that is about power. It is a sign that is about soul connections. Uh, if you are a Scorpio or know a Scorpio, you know they really don't like fake shit. They don't like liars. They they have a, a, a sensibility and a knack for, for really sniffing out inauthenticity in people. Um, they can smell a fake because it's something that they grossly distest on a very, very integral level, right? So think about the sign of love and romance and sensuality and things that are very kind of earthly now going into the underworld of this sign of Scorpio. So we're talking deeply passionate relationships for the next three weeks and a focus on making relationships uh, have a level of depth and passion it probably hasn't had in the previous cycles, right? Superficial flirtations, contacts, acquaintances, Netflix and chills, not interested. Scorpio, uh, Venus and Scorpio, not interested. Scorpio is never interested, quite frankly. The Venus and Scorpio, totally not interested. Um, this is a integration that that ties together body and soul. Venus being very sensual and very tactical and very material. Um, and, it, and it's about the, 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 the part of love that's about doing. 
Scorpio is about the part of love that is about feeling, the energy that is unseen between two people, whether that is on a romantic level or on a friendship level or even in your family, right? Soulmates can exist in all of those kinds of relationships. The common thread is we not bullshitting. We love each other. This is real. This is real friendship. This is real family. This is real romance. And that is something that, again, for three weeks that we are going to be uh, feeling very, very intensely whether we have high levels of Scorpio energy in our chart or not, right? Now, this is a highly emotional position for Venus. So get ready for all the feels. Get ready for people wanting to share their heart, their soul, and equally being open to you sharing your heart and your soul. It's a, it's a soul-body integration. It is a sensual meets the passionate it is a time where relationships as a whole will become very, very important to us. Very different than Venus and Libra. Venus and Libra also signifies uh, a focus on romance and love and partnerships, but it's about the unions that facilitate material growth. Here, it's the union that facilitates like divine love and integration and soulmate. It's a very different kind of um, consumption when it comes to relationship. There will be a movement towards closeness, a movement towards uh, a movement towards reality too. So although we'll be we we will be very very kind of open towards intensity, it will also be difficult for us to simply throw caution to the wind. We'll just get very very serious about the people, places, and things in our lives. So. The idea of having blind faith uh, or even being kind of uh, too aloof or the idea of being gullible. Again, if you know a Scorpio, you know they don't like any of those words. They like intensity, but don't play me. That's kind of, you know, I love you to death, but don't play me. It's kind of that dynamic where they want the realness as much as they want the depth. So it may, if you are already kind of freaking out about all of these words that I'm using because this is not your natural state of being, what I would urge is to guard against the shadow side of of Scorpio, which is suspicion or um, caginess or... Uh, the the need to really control everything because you you fear being too vulnerable or you you fear being in a place where you're not safe. Focus on or, or take this beautiful energy that's going to be around us and and focus it on building trust, building balance, and building openness and transparency in those relationships so you can guard against that shadowy Scorpio nature of being secretive, being shady, all of these things that come from ultimately a feeling of fear about exposing yourself and kind of um, putting yourself out there, right? If you know a Scorpio or got Scorpio energy, they tend to ask a lot more they, they tend to feel like they are the most trustworthy in the conversation. So they're going to ask you more than they may divulge. And it's not because they don't want you to know them. It's because they believe that they will guard your secrets like Fort Knox. <laughs> they don't know if you will yet. And so the idea of, of kind of e- equality and fairness in the intensity and in the passion, again, 
go towards that versus the shadowy part of Scorpio that's very, very cagey, secretive, um, which comes from a place of fear, right? And it doesn't exist in, in all Scorpios, but the Scorpio energy that is evolved and has done that self-work around fear, they don't do that kind of stuff. That energy is not really there in their kind of dynamics and the way they engage with people, Take those lessons that Scorpios teach us each and every day about living without fear in order to deepen the passion and deepen the connection between two people. This is an energy that feels may feel very all or nothing. And it also may feel like a roller coaster ride, especially if you are not someone who is interested in all this kind of touchy feely depth and stuff. But again, coming after this deep work. We are moving into a place where we're reevaluating our structures, reevaluating the work we do, the places we live, and of course the people. This might be what exactly what you need, the exact point that the exact thing that you need in order to discern who's on your team and who's not. Who's mediocre and who's rocking it? <laughs> Who is going to help you usher in the new age of your life? and who is actually hindering the new age and the new beginnings that you are trying to grasp, right? So keep that in mind as we navigate and you personally navigate the waters that exist for the Scorpio soul. It's pretty dope. Embrace it. Now, if that wasn't enough, on the same day, we have the first post-eclipse moon and it's happening in Virgo. So remember all that stuff I talked about in terms of Pisces and Virgos and how they're opposite of each other, but they're not in opposition. Take that thought process and take it a couple of weeks back when we close the eclipse season with the full moon in Pisces. Full moons are all about intense emotions, realizations. Full moons are also about ending a chapter. And we ended the chapter of, again, my needs versus the needs of others, my wants versus the wants of others, who am I versus who everyone else is. We ended that chapter with a moon cycle that highlighted everything spiritual, everything evolutionary, everything that was deep and dark and underneath the surface, and it and it. And that energy got a full moon attached to it, right? So that weekend in particular, I remember there being a lot of feels from people and people kind of in their emotions and so much in their emotions that they became a bit reclusive, which again is something that Virgos and Pisces share, the ability to isolate and retreat and sometimes the need to retreat in order to process those deep emotions. So we closed out that eclipse cycle in a Pisces moon, and now we welcome a whole new moon era with its opposite sign of Virgo. The universe makes no mistakes. What we were feeling and all the depth that we were carrying with us in our heart, we have a new moon in Virgo to now help actualize all the things we wanted to change, all the things that we wanted to bring forth, in kind of this new phase, right? As we drop out of the retrogrades, as we get the energy we need, as we get the force that we need to now act on our problems and act on our, on our shit and act on our goals, we have a sturdy, practical sign 
to set the stage for what that foundation can look like. And, and it's in a new moon, right? So a new moon, as we know, equates directly, no matter what sign it's in, the new moon equates to new movements, new shifts, new beginnings. So if you're asking yourself, and if you haven't, you should probably ask yourself, what did the summer teach you? What did you learn about yourself? What needs to change? And equally, I want to mention, what are some things you want to embrace? We've talked a lot about the shedding process. We talked a lot about digging deep and healing the trauma and looking at the trauma and figuring out how the trauma even got there and then making peace with that and so on and so forth. But for many people, the past few months have equally been a time to reclaim, reclaim parts of ourselves that were buried underneath all of that bullshit and return to a place before the hurt, before the madness, whatever that time was for you as an individual. So that is equally just as important as tapping into the trauma and healing that. Underneath that trauma was the person that existed before that era began. And that kind of con- that confrontation of who you were before, sometimes looking back to who you were before wasn't a, isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes it helps you to figure out the way forward. And for many, that's also what this uh, eclipse cycle did for them and, and this retrograde cycle did for them as well. Whatever the discoveries were, the new moon is here to open the gateway to, again, actualize what that future is. The fact that we have all these planets sitting direct in earth signs and we have all of this Virgo energy, a Virgo who is equally hardworking, but yet flexible, mutable, but yet understanding of goals and hardworking and diligent and, and accurate, but also allowing for life to take its course. That's the kind of blend that is just perfect when you are reshaping your life from the inside out. We are co-creating. If you believe in God, if you believe in the universe, if you got angels, if you are simply into science and uh, you believe in just the energetic space, you know that energy is transferable. So we are all anchoring to this transferable energy, this transmutation that's happening with our, with our angels, with our ancestors, with God, with the universe, the creator, whatever name that you choose. And we are tethering ourselves to a power that's deeper than we've ever imagined and sits innately within us. Don't be shy about asking spirit for help. Do not be shy about asking spirit for guidance, for support, for blessings, for abundance. And equally, don't be selfish about giving thanks and praise. And and again, this mutual relationship you have with spirit in order to create and utilizing these energies for that, you know, don't be shy during the new moon. Set your intentions, burn your sage. Energy's potent two days before, so you, you got some time. And energy's potent two days after, so you got some time um, to really ignite this new chapter, whatever that looks like for you. We spent a lot of time kind of going up the hill, dragging our asses up to that apex, and now we got a nice, swift jog down the hill, um, down into a new valley where we can begin building and rebuilding what that is. So we have both of those energies, the energy of Venus and Scorpio, 
making our relationships stronger, creating depth and strength around our relationships and the people to help us as we set new intentions and begin rebuilding our lives using the new rush of energy from Saturn, rush of energy from Mars, and the clarity of thought from Mercury. How fucking perfect is that? Mercury in particular, or excuse me, Virgo in particular, will put some extra spotlight uh, on vitality and on health, resources, partnership, the infamous quote-unquote self-care. As we know, self-care means a lot more than a spa day. Self-care means the people in our lives. It means the, the things that we're doing for ourselves uh, from a career perspective, from a life perspective, from a relationship perspective. So there's a lot that's happening right now and all of it is meant for the opening as opposed to a couple months ago, which was meant for kind of the inward closing of our spirit. So it's dope and I love it and I hope you love it too. So one last thing, my darlings, because I gotta make sure y'all got whatever armor you need to tackle any energetic shift you can possibly get. So while I'm here, might as well just put this out there. We are currently in a pre-shadow for Venus retrograde. Yes, my darlings, Venus, the planet of love and all that good stuff that we've been talking about pretty much uh, a third of this podcast (laughs) we've been talking about is going retrograde herself. She is joining the ranks. So as other planets go direct, she will move backwards. What does that mean? Well, let me just do a, a recap of what the shadow is. Anytime a planet is in retrograde, it has a pre and a post shadow. And those I like to compare to the warm up and the cool down of a workout. When you are in the pre shadow, that's like the warm up. You're getting your, you're getting the juices going. You're getting your muscles warmed up and toned and ready for like the main event, the main class, the main fitness routine, whatever it is. That is what a pre shadow feels like. It feels like something is coming. A post shadow feels like something is ending. It's like the cool down. Your muscles are beginning to tighten. Your heart rate is dropping. Things are starting to mellow out. Your body's going into, you know, homostasis. It's all that good stuff, right? Same rules apply. We are in the shadow for Venus retrograde until early October. October 9th is when I, October 9th, yes, my date. Uh, October 9th is when Venus goes retrograde. Just like any other planet, it is a time for Reassessment, rebirth, resurrection, remembrance, uh, rekindling. It is a time for all of those words that start with the letter R, the letters R-E, just like any other planet who does this magical thing and goes retrograde in the sky. The themes that are tied to all of these words will be love, day-to-day finances, sensuality, romance, all of the things that Venus is tied to. So if that makes you nervous, it shouldn't be. Um, Many people, many couples survive a Venus retrograde, but just like any other planet that, that does this magical thing, if there are frailties in the foundation, if there is something you are ignoring, if there is something that you are uh, simply not putting your energy towards Venus retrograde will, she will bring that up. She is a soldier of love like Sade. She is about making sure love is done right and it's done well and it's done 
with fairness and with honesty and that people are nurtured in whatever romantic relationship that they are in, but equally friendships as well as familial relationship as well, because love is, is something that happens in all of its forms. So it's not just about whether you're in a relationship or not. It's also about the people around you, who you love and who matter the most to you. This is a time where we think about, are we loving someone at our best? Are we being loved in the best way we can be loved? Are there issues that, that we are not really addressing? Are we ignoring our needs? Are we spending money where we shouldn't be? Are we using money as a way to prove love to someone? Are we not taking care of ourselves in the way we should be taking care of ourselves? And where do finances put, where do finances come into play? Again, many similar themes that we've been discussing over the course of the past few months. But this time, this retrograde coming at the end of all of the previous ones, the previous ones having to do more so with inner work, and this one having to, yes, it com- there's a component of inner work, but there's also the component of um, relationship and what it means to what it means to evolve and to heal and to deal with our shit in the presence and in the surrounding of someone else. And what does that mean on the ro- when it comes to the romantic landscape of that particular relationship or that bond of that relationship, whatever kind of, you know, whichever kind of bond it is. We'll talk more about what that means or the implications of that once we get closer to the retrograde and things to be mindful of. In the meantime, the shadow period will begin again again to warm us up for what that experience can be like. So for now, what I want you guys to do is pay attention. Pay attention to some of the things that tend to happen when Venus goes retrograde when she appears backwards in the sky be on the lookout if you I'll, and I'll do this if you're single or or in a couple um and I'll do it from the from the romantic point of view because it's generally what people are concerned with but if you are single uh be mindful for old lovers old exes coming back into the play people you used to talk to that you know fizzled out for whatever reason pay attention to them resurfacing for whatever reason uh watch those text messages for you know that good old hey big head um that whole that good old what you doing text and like you know watch out for those because those are possible watch out and this really this one really goes for everyone watch out for friends friendships that fizzled out or broke up you know in some time before this moment in history and there's no timeline on this it's not about you know old relationships from six months ago these could be old relationships from six years ago these could be old friendships from 15 years ago there's no time limit on this it it all depends on who is now energetically aligned to you in this moment, in this time, with this particular retrograde. So just be on the lookout for that kind of energy coming forth. Uh, be on the lookout, single folks, for a reevaluation of what of how you truly feel about being single, whether you actually love this shit and it's great, or you actually hate it and you do want things that you may not have thought you wanted before. You're starting to look at romance in a different kind of light this is a time when you know the single folks tend to renew their romantic or relationship energy as well having to dig deep into why a situation is the way it is for my couples out there 
be on the lookout for old issues and bullshit that you never really resolved with your significant other now coming back to the table for discussion. Be on the lookout for a renewed sense of desire. I, I would say, you know, ever since Mars went direct, that is something we we are all kind of blessed to feel, but especially if you feel like your relationship has been in a sexual kind of lull and it, the, the, the fire just isn't what it used to be, be on the lookout for um, a reclaiming of that time and reclaiming of that sexual potency in your relationship. Uh, be on the lookout for a renewed sense of faith and a renewed sense of uh, kind of a remembrance of what made you fall in love with that person in the first place. And that coming up as well, you and that person doing things you kind of stopped doing when the world got crazy. And you start to do that again and you start to kind of remember what it is you love about that person or conversely, you begin to see the things that you thought were, that you thought had dissipated with that individual uh, and them equally seeing that shit in you that they may not like, <laughs> right? So this is also a time when when we reassess things that we begin to see, again, the cracks in whatever is beautiful. And sometimes that results in you as an individual loving those cracks. And other times it results in someone act- being honest with themselves saying, you know what, those are some imperfections that I just don't like. And that's not going to be what I want to take into my future. So with that said, there is literally a 50-50 shot of relationships ending during Venus retrograde and relationships beginning during Venus retrograde. Both of those should, whatever those decisions are, I give you a pre, again, because we are in the shadow period, I'm saying this now and I will say it again later, but both of those decisions should be combed through and made as close to Venus going direct as possible because what happens with retrogrades is that you kind of set forth a cycle because the planet is going backwards. And if you want something to stick, it's always best to do so when a planet is direct. But hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But that's my energetic advice on how to use this time in the best way possible. But again, be on the lookout for the return of people, of issues, of love, of things, for things to be reignited. And and that can work on the positive and that can equally work on the negative. For my single folks, get ready for sometimes a rush of people into your life for you, for under your consideration. Um, And for my uh, people that are in relationships, be, be on the lookout for the rush of potential change or ideas or thought processes or, again, the one things you loved about that person versus the things you really hate about that person and realizing that both of those things are now present and they never really went away and you've kind of been hiding from them and now what do you do? So be on the lookout for that stuff to start emerging in September and for it to be on Front Street full view for everybody to see when we hit October. And we'll talk more about, you know, again, there's a lot of depth to Venus retrograde. So we'll talk more about that as we get close. But for right now, that's my little heads up. That's my little astro tip as we get into the rest of this week. 
And that is it, beautiful ones, for this episode of Sky Magic. I really, really enjoy doing these episodes, and I definitely hope that you feel at least a little bit more prepped and have a bit more context about what the hell is happening. If you are a student of astrology or just kind of, you know, using this as some uh, insight into things that cannot be explained, uh, again, energy is transferable. So what's happening in the sky feeds into what's happening in the ecosystems of not just our external environment, but our internal environment. So it's it's always good to be aware of where the fluctuations are and what can what areas of our life they uh, those fluctuations can possibly impact. So I hope that you kind of use this as you know a little little cheat sheet in your back pocket for uh, crazy shit happening in, in your life and crazy shit happening to the people that you are connected to and love the most. As always, I didn't do it at the start of this episode, but I'm gonna say it again. As always you got to get your birth chart, right? These planets are moving and doing all these crazy things at different areas uh, of your birth chart, but it is impacting kind of that energetic blueprint of who you are. So for the Venus and Scorpio situation, where does Scorpio sit in your chart? Like what house does it govern? That's where Venus is going to sit. And that will give you a pretty good indication of what area of your chart space um, and what area of your life, right? Um, the the houses are kind of the, the where, like the general area uh, to which planets and signs will enact their energy shifts. Um, planets being the what, signs being the, the the energy around the what, the energy driving the what, and the houses being kind of the stage in which this scene will play out. And it's important to know what that stage looks like for you so you can kind of stay ahead of it or at least have some context when you are kind of going through these shifts and kind of trying to figure out what it may or may not mean. Uh, so get your birth chart. If you want to use a day as a signifier, like if you're using astro.com, I would choose the ninth because again, we have the new moon uh, by that time we will have venus and scorpio by that time saturn would have already been gone direct mercury would already be in virgo and we're good to go right so i would pick the ninth as kind of a signifier and pull your chart then to see okay where are these longer term shifts going to you know what sort of alignments are they making to the areas of my chart what's opposing my sun what's opposing my venus what's opposing my moon um if you don't know what the hell that means contact an astrologer. If you'd like some more kind of in-depth understanding, you can always um, book with me. You can uh, hit me up on my website, www.realoldschoolthehealingview.com. And there's a space there for birth charts and tarot card readings. If you need a bit more understanding on the current situation, uh, one particular isolated situation in your life that needs a bit more clarity, we got tarot readings for you as well as an analysis of your birth chart and what all of these planetary shifts mean for you overall and what they can potentially stir up for your individual life, right? As always, I wish you nothing but indulgence, self-care, love, peace, harmony, and happy, happy healing. Till next time, my dears. Bye.